This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. What is going on, team? Welcome back to the show. Today, I am taking you through how to program a four times a week upper lower split geared towards building lean muscle and some strength, some functional strength along the way. I'm a huge fan of the classic upper lower split four times a week. You can truly achieve great strength outcomes, great hypertrophy outcomes from these. And if we're smart about it, we can also help clients become more athletic and stronger along the way. So we're that entire package. And we can also work in some smart energy systems programming there. Now, shameless plug, if you want to experience exactly how it would program either of these to help you build a functionally stronger, more aesthetic, better conditioned physique, click the link in the show notes right now to hop on board with my eight-week programs, either functional aesthetics, which is that four times a week upper lower split with two optional conditioning days programmed to help you maximize lean muscle gain while still building functional strength or functional fat loss, which is a three times a week full body split designed to help you maximize your time in the gym, get stronger and leaner simultaneously. And this also comes along with two conditioning days to help you push your energy systems to new heights. All right, so without any further ado, we're gonna start with four times a week upper lower split. So typically how I would lay this out, and like the reality is, again, this is one of my most commonly used splits. Because until we get to that more, like a higher, even like intermediate to advanced clients, I've often seen make great, definitely intermediates can still make great progress on this. Sometimes when you get to be more advanced, so you literally have consecutive years of very, very smart training under your belt, which not very many people do when we're talking about actual smart training. Then sometimes we literally just need to push more volume if we're chasing like a, um, chasing hypertrophy outcomes. But 90% of people that we work with within coaching can get great results following upper lower split. Typically, I'll program it Monday or day one will be upper, Tuesday or day two will be lower. Day three, and this is exactly how I program functional aesthetics, day three is aerobic work. Day four, which is typically Thursday, is going to be upper again. Day five, Friday, is going to be lower body. And then day six, Saturday, is more aerobic work. So within our aerobic or within our conditioning work, I should say, basically we have functional aesthetics is very much geared towards performance. So again, first and foremost, we're building lean muscle, which for men and women alike that want to build a physique that looks lean and strong, going through a period of time where you pack some lean muscle under your frame is a must. It won't make you look bulky. That's what makes you look athletic and strong. It literally takes years and years and years of very specifically trying to get bulky to actually get bulky. So with our aerobic work, or damn it, I keep saying aerobic work, with our conditioning work, excuse me, here we have, we're focusing on multiple energy systems. So basically what that means is one day per week, we are focusing on more what would typically be thought of as steady state conditioning, or we're really training your aerobic system. So typically this will be something like, actually I will just talk you through what's programmed into functional aesthetics here. 
All right, so in functional aesthetics, now I'm not going to give away the entire program, but one of our conditioning progressions for the second mesocycle, so the last four weeks of the program, we're on the rowing machine. Week one, we're hitting 1,000 meters at two minutes per 500 meter pace. With two minutes rest between, we're hitting five total rounds. Week two, we're hitting five total rounds at the same pace for 1,200 meters. Week three, we're hitting four rounds of 1500 meters at the same pace with a little bit longer rest. And then finally, our final week, we are hitting three rounds at 2000 meters. So across, across these four weeks, we're really increasing the intensity slightly, but the reality is this is still very much we're staying within the limits of our aerobic system. So if we talk about all our energy systems and improving energy systems, basically we have aerobic system, which means like using air and the anaerobic energy system. So our anaerobic energy systems and within that we have lactic and a lactic energy system. So basically our a lactic energy system fuels the first up to about 15 seconds of explosive exercise. Now also realizing anytime we're doing anything, all these energy systems come into play somewhat, but we're talking about which one is predominantly fueling. So the our alactic energy system fuels typically their first 15 seconds of or so of explosive exercise, past that to about the first 40 seconds. Then our alactic or excuse me, our lactic energy system takes over which it's a little bit slower at turning fuel over, which is kind of or creating energy, I should say. So that's why like after the first 10 to 15 seconds of explosive exercise, no matter what, we kind of slow things down. And then we essentially run out of fuel for those two energy systems or they can't create fuel fast enough, which is where our aerobic system really starts to take over. So past that like 40 to 60 second mark, then it's primarily our aerobic system doing the work, which can our aerobic system has a very long sustainability. It can create energy for our bodies for a long time for exercise or movement but it creates that energy slower, which is why, again, we see another big drop off in our rate of force production, we could say, once we pass that like 40, 60 second threshold and our aerobic system primarily takes over. So in functional aesthetics, our cardio is geared towards improving our energy systems. So we can therefore, one, recover better between sessions because a big part of your ability to recover comes down to your aerobic system. Um, you'll better recover between both. Basically, our aerobic system fuels recovery between anaerobic bouts. So to simplify that, you can look at your lifting as anaerobic bouts. They're generally relatively short, like your sets are generally relatively short. We're using mostly our anaerobic system. But if our aerobic system is in good shape, that's what drives our recovery between our sets. So if we're better recovered between sets, we can perform better during sets. So we have one day focused on aerobic work. We have one day focused on anaerobic work. So for example, here, um, again, in functional aesthetics, we have during the first four weeks of cardio, we have this anaerobic progression of, and really you can choose like a sled push and a salt bike, a stationary bike or hill sprints, but we want to choose one and progress it across the first four weeks. So week one, we're doing 10 seconds all out every two minutes for 10 total rounds. Week two, we're doing 15 seconds all out every two and a half minutes for eight total rounds. Week three, we're doing 20 seconds near all out every 3.5 minutes for six total rounds. Week four, we're doing 15 seconds of hard effort every three minutes for five total rounds. So there again, we have a very clear progression. We're increasing volume via increasing time. 
but we're also decreasing sets. So it's not like if we had you doing 20 seconds for 10 total rounds, you would just see smash. It would be too much. And our goal here isn't to burn calories. It's to improve your energy systems, to improve your training performance. So we need to be smart about this. But that's how we can go about programming cardio to actually improve your training performance. And again, that's a big part of functional aesthetics. So then when we dive into the actual training program here, again, this is a four times a week upper lower split. So how I typically like to program this, and again, I'm going to split it up by upper days and lower days. And you as a coach can take this apply to your own client's programming. Um, so typically, again, we're going to start with some type of primer circuit. So I always like to work some type of upper back activation in here. Super important before pressing because our upper back is what stabilizes our shoulder joints. So face pulls or band pull-aparts are universally great movements here. I also like like a Serrano press, um, a double band pull-apart. Um, even like a dumbbell backfire, a dumbbell face pull is a pretty good option. So that's essential. Again, we want to activate those stabilizer muscles. And anytime we're doing like a primer, we want to make sure we activate the stabilizer muscles to the primary joint that we're going to be training. So typically, not always, but typically actually always for an upper body day, our number one movement, our first metric based movement of the day is going to involve a lot of movement at the shoulder joint. So it makes sense to stabilize the muscles or to activate it, excuse me, the muscles that help stabilize the shoulder joint. So again, some type of upper back work here is always smart. And then we can typically work through some type of, if needed, we can implement some type of core stability work. So for example, if you're gonna do a movement that actually requires you to use or to keep your core strong and stable throughout. So a good example would be like a barbell overhead press where we're standing. The reality is our core is involved a lot with that. Now this is a lot more true for lower body training. So for example, if we're gonna do a deadlift or a heavy squat, we absolutely wanna go through some core activation in our primer circuit. That said, Sometimes it's not necessary, but optionally we can include that as well. And then finally, and again, this is more optional, but to get the best performance possible, it's smart to ramp up our central nervous system in preparation for our primary metric based movement of the day. So for example, if we're going to go and do a bench press, we want to be as explosive as possible going to that bench press because that's what's going to carry over to the best performance. So if we choose an explosive movement movement, and we mimic it, or if we choose, excuse me, if we choose an explosive movement that mimics that pattern. So for example, here, if we do a bent over chest throw or a pilo pushup, we're being explosive, but we're not creating a ton of fatigue. We're just ramping our central nervous system and teaching it to be explosive in that pattern. Then when we go to that bench press, we'll have better performance. So in a nutshell, that's how we lay out the primer circuit. So for example, to again, pull straight from the functional aesthetics training program. So here we're working through an upper body day. It's the second upper body day of the week. So I typically like to program one day we have a little bit more horizontal push pull focus. One day we have a little bit more vertical push pull focus. That just gives us a relatively balanced training program. And we apply volume relatively evenly to chest, rhomboids, lats, delts. So here, again, we're working through preparation for a vertical push-pull focus movement. So we have a band Serrano press for 10 to 15 reps, a band pull-apart for 10 to 15 reps. So both those movements are going to activate both the upper back, the rear delts, 
um the serrano press if you don't know is essentially we're holding a band like one end of the handle one end of the handle of a band in each hand and we have that loop through or around something then we're pulling that band back beside our ears almost like we would a face pull and then pressing it up overhead lights up your upper back and your rear delts like none other that in itself is a great shoulder stability movement um for me actually when i was rehabbing my shoulder injury that's when i used a ton crazy helpful and then band band pull apart which is going to be a little bit more rhomboid dominant there we're also gonna get some rear delts and some upper traps of course and then finally we have a tall kneeling slam so since we're pressing overhead we don't have a ton of options for an explosive movement that mimics an overhead press so here basically we're just doing the inverse so an explosive slam we're still working in that vertical plane so to speak we're activating the lats which are a big part of your overhead press as well and we're still doing something explosive which is still going to help prime our central nervous system so from there we go into our first two metric based lifts of the day so in and i'm just going to work you i'm literally just going to work you through this entire day of functional aesthetics so here our first metric based lift of the day is a wide grip pull up for four sets of five to ten we're gonna go weighted, body weight, or band assisted, whichever allows you to hit your rep and RIR target. So here we have, um, basically we have a broad rep range because this program uses an RIR scheme, a reps and reserve scheme where each week we are decreasing by one RIR. So here, if we're starting at three RIR, next week we're gonna be at two RIR, one RIR, zero to one RIR, then we're gonna deload, start the progress over, and we're gonna progress this metric-based movement across all eight weeks of the program. So here, this really forces you as somebody that's running functional aesthetics to be super intentional about progressing on a set-by-set -set basis because you see what your RIR was last week, you know how, many, how much weight and for how many reps you hit it. So you know, okay, if RIR target decreases, I should be able to realistically add another rep with the same weight as last week or two, or add a little bit of load for the same amount of reps. And for the reality is for intermediate to advanced lifters, that's one of the biggest things we need to focus on, this improvement on a set-by-set -set basis to make progress week to week. So we're starting with a wide grip pull-up. So typically how I like to do this is this, the reality is these first two metric-based movements. So we wanna alternate, push, and pull. And this is true for both upper body and lower body, and I'll explain that more in a second. So here, if metric-based movement one is a pull-up, then metric-based movement two is gonna be a dumbbell seated shoulder press. And again here, we're working in that five to 10 rep range, three RIR, and working to add, a, add reps or a little bit of load weekly. That said, on day one of this program, um, our first metric-based movement is a horizontal press, so some variation of a, a barbell bench press, um, a barbell low incline press if you don't do well with a flat bench press or even a floor press and i plug in a couple different options so you can choose the one that suits you best and then our second metric based movement of the day is some type of rowing variation so again we're alternating between horizontal focus and vertical focus and then from there we're moving on to a superset so the reality is we don't have to always work supersets in but when we're talking about making this very functional, a big part of functionality is conditioning. 
So I like to typically program these second two movements after our initial two metric based lifts with a superset. So here, if our first two metric based movements of the day were vertical push pull, then here we're going to swap it up to horizontal push pull or vice versa. So in this situation, again, so we started off with a wide grip pull up followed by a dumbbell seated shoulder press. Here we're going to be working a dumbbell low inc incline press and we can even work in like a one arm dumbbell low incline press if you really want to make that more functional. Work your core in there more as well and a head supported dumbbell row. Here we have, so here we have again, we're just working in different planes. We're pushing and pulling horizontally now as opposed to vertically, more chest focused and we have a more rhomboid focused row. Here we're also increasing our rep range slightly. So here for both of these movements, we're working in the three sets of eight to 12 rep range, again with three reps in reserve. And we really apply that um, RAR progression across weeks universally across the entire program. So here again, we have a more rhomboid focused row, whereas our pull our pull-ups are typically gonna be more lat focused and we have more chest focused movement, whereas our shoulder press was more delt focused. But also, I like to just think of it as vertical focus, horizontal focus, so on and so forth. Now, again, we're pushing more towards this higher rep range. And this is a theme throughout the training program, throughout a training day. We're starting, and again, this is how we get the best of both worlds. We get functional strength and we get a lot of muscle. Now, the reality is studies show that anywhere from the 5 to 30 rep range, as long as we push relatively close to failure will give us similar similar hypertrophy outcomes that said there is something to just feeling like you're doing more bodybuilding style work and the reality is these first two movements of the day our first two metric based movements of the day where we are working closer to like fives that is going to have more carryover to our strength so we're going to feel strong with these movements like squats deadlifts heavy pull-ups, overhead presses, but then we're also getting in some more work that feels more almost like functional bodybuilding because we're, we're applying a bodybuilding style of programming to very functional movements and functional movement patterns. So from there, then we want to take it to our isolation work and our finishers. So here, what I have in this program is next, we have a kettlebell lateral raise EMOM. So EMOM stands for every minute on the minute. I really like a kettlebell lateral raise, typically better than a dumbbell lateral raise. For most people, anecdotally, clients can literally just feel this better in their shoulders. The, gra the line of gravity changes a little bit more with a kettlebell lateral raise as we go through the movement because the kettlebell literally rotates in your hand, really lights up your delts. And I really like incorporating things like, so here, like an EMOM is such a good example of this. We're incorporating something from CrossFit into a functional bodybuilding style of programming. And that's a theme through, and that's a theme throughout this program. We're taking all these different pieces of modalities, like all these different fun things from CrossFit, bodybuilding, strongman training, combine them into one program. So again, it's very fun and engaging, but also it helps you build a lot of lean muscle and you're strong. So here, again, we have a kettlebell lateral raise, lateral raise EMOM. We're setting a four minute timer and we're doing 10 to 12 reps every minute on the minute. And then across weeks here, our progression here is we actually add a minute. 
So here by the end, by our last week, we were doing quite a few sets of kettlebell lateral raises, and we just progressed this across four weeks. Um, and then the reality is with all these movements after our first two metric-based movements, because we don't want to change those up too often, but we also want enough variety to keep this fun and engaging. So after our first two metric-based movements, then we create more variety in the rest of the program. But our first two movements of the day, we want to progress those across all the eight weeks of the program. So from here... Then finally, we go into some arm work. So we have a superset of dumbbell hammer curls for three sets of 10 to 15 with medicine ball push-ups for three sets to failure minus however many RIR you have programmed for this week. So it could be three sets of failure minus three, two, one, or you're taking it to all-out failure on week four of the program. So there again, we hit horizontal or vertical push pull well first we primed everything up we hit vertical push pull we hit horizontal push pull we hit some delt focus in a very functional bodybuilding manner and then we finished off with some arms now the reality is if we were talking day one of this program where we're doing horizontal push pull focus then we would literally just flip this around so we'd prime you up of course we would do a heavy horizontal push a heavy horizontal pull, then we switch to a vertical push-pull superset. And now because again, if we think about our vertical pushing muscles, typically that's more associated with your delts. So on day three, we hit a kettlebell lateral raise imam to add a little bit more delt focus. Then on day one, we'd probably want to hit some type of like chest fly or even another like a deficit push-up variation, like a weighted deficit push-up. And I believe what I programmed in here it's actually like a band resisted deficit push up, super fun one, but again, another very functional movement. And then we always got to leave arms in there because everybody loves training arms. But even within that, we're alternating how we're hitting the bicep. So we're changing the shoulder angle. So whereas here, if we're hitting, so for example, on day three, if we're hitting a dumbbell hammer curl, we know that depending on where your elbow was at in relation to your torso, and that's what I mean when I say shoulder angle, if your elbow is in front of your torso, the maximum tension within that curl is different than if it's beside your torso or if it's behind your torso. So it makes sense to change your elbow angles within um, within a training week if you're training biceps multiple times per week. So whereas day three, if we're training dumbbell hammer curl with the elbow by the sides, then day one, we would probably want to hit either a dumbbell incline curl with elbows behind us or some type of preacher curl variation where elbows are in front of us. And we would also want to alternate grips. So whereas here in a hammer curl, we're very much training the brachialis. But if we switch to a supinated grip, so for example, a easy bar preacher curl, and we know that the brachialis doesn't contribute to supination or basically think of palms up grip so there were more bicep focus and again we're alternating that across the course of the week similar we similarly with triceps we want to just change where we want to change our shoulder angle when we're training triceps so here if like day one we're doing or day three excuse me we're doing med ball push-ups then day one we could do for example a cable overhead extension so we're going from elbows essentially being by the sides or in front of us to overhead all right so for an upper body day that is how we lay that out now getting into a lower body day very similar here we start with some type of primer so we always want to get some glute or hamstring activation. If we're going to start, if our first metric-based movement of the day is a squat pattern, 
Then I like to start with hamstrings because hamstrings stabilize the knees. So some type of like a Swiss ball leg curl is one of my favorites. And honestly, that's generally what I program. If it's a deadlift, I like something that really fires both the glutes and the hamstrings. So here we could do like a feet elevated hip hip thrust. Um, then we want to work some type of act upper back activation because the reality is squatting or deadlifting, your upper back is involved to help support. So if we are, for example, if we're going to deadlift, then we absolutely want to activate our lats because those are a big piece of the deadlift. So there we could do something like a band straight arm pull down. If we are squatting, I'm more partial to activating the rhomboids just because personally I feel like it feels better because we are typically, if it's a back squat, we're really focusing on retracting our shoulders or if it's a front squat there the reality is it's just a lot of your back as a whole is involved in the movement but i typically still feel better activating the upper back and i've had many clients tell me the same and then finally we for sure want to get some core movement in here i like a side plank variation of some type here so it can be like a side plank rotation but or a movement like a swiss ball stir the pot is a great option here and finally again we want to have some type of movement explosive movement that mimics the first metric based movement of the day to fire up our central nervous system so for example if we're going to a squat it could be some type of box jump if we're going into a deadlift it could be a broad jump for example all right so from there then we're getting into our first metric based movement of the day so here how i like to program this is day one or our first lower body day, excuse me, which will actually be day two, will typically be some type of deadlift variation. And I, the reality is for hypertrophy, a deadlift isn't the absolute, a traditional deadlift or even like a sumo deadlift isn't the absolute best movement. If all you care about is just building muscle, then you'd probably be better served to plug in like some Romanian deadlift variation. That said, here we have a ton of options, like an elevated deadlift, a trap bar deadlift, a sumo deadlift, or again, just a conventional barbell deadlift, whichever best fits you. And then our next lower body day, and again, we have the theme of our alternating movement patterns, we're training some type of squat pattern. So here within functional aesthetics, you have the option to train a back squat, a box squat, a front squat, or a hack squat, whichever variation best suits you and your desired outcomes from the program. So if you're focused more on just strictly bodybuilding, you'll probably hit the hack squat. If you're focused more on just purely functional strength, you'll probably hit a back squat or a front squat. So from here, then our first auxiliary movement, and again, we're gonna train that. So if it's a deadlift, the reality is I don't like to program deadlifts higher than seven reps often. So within functional aesthetics, how we do this is basically the first week's the first four weeks were, were decreasing RIR and we're also decreasing reps across the first four weeks. So we're doing four sets of seven, four sets of six, four sets of five, four sets of four. So we should be able to increase load across all four weeks. And then the next four weeks, we're just progressing our five rep max. Whereas with our squat pattern, where similarly, we have also a, we have a more hypertrophy focused um, we have a more hypertrophy focused rep progression. So week one, we're training four, we're hitting four sets of eight. Week two, we're hitting four sets of nine to 10. Week three, we're hitting four sets of 10 to 11. Week four, we're hitting four sets of 11 to 12. And again, RIR is decreasing and that should very much, we should be able to like keep bar on the weights or weight on the bar similar or even slightly increase it ideally as we progress. So again, we have these built-in progressions that essentially force you to make progress. All right, then our second auxiliary movement 
or our second movement of the day, excuse me, we want to train the opposite muscle groups from the first. So we're looking at this from an anterior posterior perspective. Basically, this should train the opposite side of the body from your previous movement. So for example, if we hit a deadlift with our first movement, then this should be something that's knee dominant. If we hit a squat with our first movement, which is typically more knee dominant or more quad dominant, then we want this to be something that focuses more on your backside. So within, so for example, within the first day, first training day of the first four weeks of functional aesthetics, we're going from a deadlift to a rear foot elevated split squat. From there, then again, we're kind of, we're kind of alternating between our lower body days being posterior focused and anterior focused, or we could say glute and hamstring dominant and quad dominant. So first training day of the first, or first lower body day, excuse me, of the first four weeks of functional aesthetics is more posterior dominant. Second one is more anterior dominant. So I'm literally just going to work through the rest of this first posterior dominant training day. So from there, we've already hit a deadlift. So hip dominant, or glute hamstring dominant. We've hit a rear foot elevated split squat, which is more knee dominant. Now we're going to move on to a barbell hip thrust, supersetted with a Turkish hip thrust or sit up, excuse me, not a Turkish hip thrust. That's not a thing, but barbell hip thrust, again, more glute dominant movement. We're adding more volume to your posterior, but we are taking a lot of stress off the spine. So a barbell hip thrust puts very, very little stress on your spine. So it's a good option. Whereas like if you went from barbell deadlift right into a barbell Romanian deadlift, we are just going to smash your spine. And the reality is you're probably going to get hurt soon. We're also taking this opportunity to work in some core work. So I really like the Turkish setup because it's a good one for both hypertrophy because we're training a lot of core flexion here, spinal flexion, I should say. But we're also training anti-rotation at the same time. So again, we have this beautiful blend of both function and aesthetics. Then we want to get into a little bit more of our classic bodybuilding work. So from here, next we're moving on to a leg extension myo rep. So myo reps is a super cool technique. And the reality is anytime I program, again, keeping our clients engaged and having fun with our programming is such a big part of all of this. So myo reps, so with different techniques like this are a great way for us to get clients great outcomes, like finishers, so to speak, while still keeping them very engaged, as opposed to like the reality is we could just do, okay, every week for the next eight weeks, you're gonna hit 10 to 20 leg extensions, try to add a rep, try to add some load every week. Now, while that is smart with our metric-based movements, if we do that for too long with clients with even our isolation exercises, they're just getting bored. And this is where we have a lot more room to mix things up, introduce fun techniques like this, and really keep you as a client super engaged. So here we're going to take a set to failure in the 15 to 20 rep range, rest three to five seconds, do three to five more reps. And we're going to repeat this three to five second rest, three to five reps for three to five total rounds. And actually within this program, the progression is we increase the total rounds. You do this across the course of weeks. So every week we're layering on more volume. But the idea here is because we know that effective reps or basically taking a muscle group relatively close to failure is essential for achieving these hypertrophy outcomes that we want we're cutting rest periods super short so pretty much after this first set to failure 
most every rep in those many sets of three to five, because the rest periods are so short and our muscle fibers maintain a high level of fatigue, almost all of those are effective reps. So we're achieving the same amount of effective or hypertrophic reps as we would if we did like three to five sets of normal leg extensions here, but you're doing it in a fraction of the time. And then finally, we're finishing this off with another spinal flexion movement. Now here, this varies on typically I'll do like if I'm programming here, the first movement will be some type of, and it just so happens that the Turkish setup is both a spinal flexion and a core stability movement. But typically I'll program like some type of anti-movement as a superset with one of our auxiliary movements. So in this case, the barbell hip thrust, and then we'll program some type of spinal flexion movement. So again, we're getting this blend of both function and aesthetics. Now here, for our second lower body day, again, we would essentially just alternate the pattern. So whereas here we hit hip dominant, knee dominant, hip dominant, core stability, knee dominant with the leg extensions and then another core movement. For our next day, then we would do knee dominant, hip dominant, knee dominant, supersetable, some type of core stability movement, some type of hip, glute, or hamstring dominant movement. So here I really like like a leg curl variation. And then another type of crunching movement and that is how you program the perfect upper lower training split hopefully this was helpful now if you are going into the gym without any type of structure you're training if you were sick of getting the same results that you've always gotten from not having enough structure to training from not following a periodized plan hit the link in the show notes sign up for functional aesthetics this starts Monday, 622. So registration does close this Sunday. Hop on board for the next eight weeks. You're gonna learn a crazy amount about how to program and you're gonna build your best body composition ever. That is all I have for you guys today. Thank you for tuning in.